Hey everyone, welcome back to the Playing With Power podcast, the issue-by-issue retrospective on Nintendo Power magazine. I am your host, Ben, and with me as always is my co-host, Mike. Hey. And as you may have uh, remember, recall previously on Playing With Power, uh, we lost John as a full-time host, so now it's just back down to the original two hosts. Don't worry, we're still here. And we have guests. So please welcome back to the show, the Super C's. How you doing? Hey. This is Kimberly Chavez. Kimberly Chavez. How you guys doing? Super C's. They know what a Super C's. <laughs> uh, we're doing great. We're doing great. Really, really happy in our humble abode. Just gaming and gaming. <laughs> Marital gaming bliss. I love it. What's, what's new since, uh, since we last saw you? Heard from you, I should say. Uh, oh, um, a lot of... Um, if you if we were to say news, uh, like not serious, but I guess you could say serious. Uh, just a lot of uh, in and out thing about the what happened with the Todd Rogers and what I, you know things like that. Because I'm a close friend to Todd, so you know we've been kind of like little depressed here and there. I've been trying to figure out what I can do to help you know the situation, but I was told not to do anything, you know, to help the situation mm-hmm. over the over the Todd Rogers deal. Oh yeah, yeah. I was gonna, I was gonna try to, you know, logistically try to see about it, about the time and everything, but I was told not to do it, so I, I didn't do it. So for for those of you listeners who may not know who Todd Rogers is, he um, was this was actually posted in the big, <laughs> big. Uh, he's this is a, a record. Record-making game player that has been accused of uh, cheating at video games to get his high scores, and he had some of his scores. I'm not sure if it's all of them, right? It's just some of them. Um, um, and have been removed from the Twin Galaxies database, and they were like, "No, we're striking him from the record." So that's sort of the latest uh, on that. Do you guys have any any uh, news since that went out? Um. Yeah. The that. Or what do you call it? Um, well, I'll just say that the only new, the only news that we we know right now is there's something that there's going to be a a film all over it. I don't know if this is true or not. Just to let let it out and know. Done like a documentary of some kind. No, possibly. Possibly. Yeah. Is it possibly? Yeah, that document is going to happen. No, no, you know who, who said it, right? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I want to say his name, but I'm not. I don't know if I'll. Can I say his name? It's okay. No one's listening. Oh, there is it right now? Huh? <laughs> well, let's just say that... that um, I'll just say, man, what am I saying? Triforce told me that, and so that's... Triforce is the um, the main member of Empire Cadia, the founder, and we're part yeah. of that structure, and so he told us that's possible documentary coming out on Todd Rogers. Okay. Yeah, he's a good guy. We've had him on the show before, actually. Yeah, he's a real good guy. So still kind of uh, feel sour and upset over it, you know. Pretty fresh. Yeah. <laughs> how did you? How do you guys know Todd Rogers? Oh well, I personally know him because I went to the um, the fee for all of uh, of the LA Convention Center back in I believe 2008. I met him there in person. Okay, and you guys have stayed in touch. Uh, yeah, we kept in touch. I kept in touch with him back again. We touched. I think touched down back to him in two thousand and nine. 
and he let me stay over his um his place because uh, I didn't know I didn't have no other place to bunk. I mean that's something that's another story though. But yeah, yeah. I, that's I, nice. Yeah, over there in, at um Fun Spot, New Hampshire. So he's a real a real um cool swell guy to meet you know in person. He he's down to earth. Mm-hmm. And um, my wife wants to, he wants to meet my wife you know in person when I get a chance. So we're gonna eventually bump heads again. You know, like meet again. Yeah. Yeah, he's from Florida, so am I. So um, we we actually we're gonna do it a year ago, but it never happened. Yeah, because of you know yeah. situations. <laughs> yeah. Situations. Yeah. Mothers-in-law from hell. Oh, families, huh? Family yeah. drama. Oh, oh God. A lot of drama. I'll does bet. it say that? Does it say mothers-in-law could or like the? Like the other type of devils. <laughs> so, oh, so those fifties cartoons are were right. Right. Yep. <laughs> All right. Well, what have you guys been uh, playing? We've had the holidays, got Christmas, New Year's. You guys been playing anything over the break? Yeah, we've been. We uh, we played the Ninja Warriors. Uh, we did. We did a a few PC games here and there. You know. Have you guys um, uh, played Cuphead or Bending the Ink Machine or any of those indie games? Well, you know what? I want to play Cuphead for my PC, but unfortunately, uh, since I'm running an old, older operating system, I didn't get a chance. Yeah, we're actually going to plan to do a run of that one. I've actually watched a few plays of that game, and I, and I said, man, that's amazing. And we, we could, like, do a run of that game. I think that would look real nice. It does mm-hmm. not look easy, though. Um, it's going to take... It's going to take some training, so. But I believe we can do it. Uh, and as yeah, a fan of the old cartoons, I just absolutely love the aesthetic of that game and can't yeah. wait to play yeah. it. It looks phenomenal. I'm a fan of the old Fleischer cartoons, which is also why I wanted to see, uh, like, get my hands on Bendy and the Ink Machine because it looks like those old Felix the Cat cartoons from the black and white era. Mm-hmm. So well, you know, you you kind of screwed yourself out of playing Cuphead because you didn't get an Xbox. It's exclusive to Xbox. Oh, it is. I know, right? That's like the one. If there's one game, you know, where I'm like, ah, I need to get an Xbox One. It's Cuphead. But then I hear people saying like, oh, it's not that great to play. But who knows? You know, the only thing that, the only thing that I think weird about about well, not that I'll be honest with you. I'll be I'm, a, I'm only a little negative on, on on Cuphead just over the fact that it's followed the elements from Metal Slug, Super Contra, and, and yeah. Uh, you know, you know what I mean, right? You can see Metal Slug, Metal Slug reeks on the box. <clears throat> yeah, That's, we we need to master that game because we're we're familiar with those two, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Mike, what have you been up to over the over the holidays since the break? Uh just slaving away on the graveyard chef, just working that up. We got an Instagram on it now. Took a little while to figure that shit out. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I guess over the holidays, I just spend time with family and trying to meet any female fans of the Graveyard Shift that I can. And most of them are just like on the opposite, like on the very coasts of the continent. Mm. So, you know, that's that's a little disconcerting, but hopefully the Patreon will kick up and then I can go on a booty tour. <laughs> <laughs> oh man you're really gonna have your patreon donors pay for you to get get laid is that the whole is that the end go, end game for that thing i'd say it's more of a perk than an end game the uh oh, the, the end I game see. would be like going on tours like you know doing little panels at conventions and stuff getting oh, to, the, the con circuit 
Yeah, that's like my big like that's like what I can say like I've really made it where mm. you know people will actually like come to a place to hear us talk about a game. Like mm. right now, if we went to a con, we'd have to like host. We could host our panels in like a utility closet. Just be like, mm. hey, so you're like the fan, okay? So do you want to talk about Fright Night? Okay, so yeah, it was a good movie. We could rent out a hotel room and keep the noise down. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no one asked me, but I'll tell you what I did. I got myself a Nintendo Switch. That's right. I'm back in the game with Nintendo. This is the first console I have purchased for myself since the Wii. And uh, hopefully I won't uh, be selling it off after a year like I did the last last console. (laughs) So far, does it uh, live up to the hype? Is it awesome? Yeah, it's pretty nice. It's a nice little uh, thing, you know, and it's it's like the best of both worlds is you get handheld and, um, you know, your traditional console. And it comes built in with two controllers everywhere you go. So you can, you know, bust out Mario Kart. And it's, it's they've included kind of every bit, little bit of technology. So it's got the gyroscope on, our, on it. So if you have, you know, Little kids like I do, they don't even have to press a button to go forward. You know, they just turn and they can just turn the whole controller. So it's nice. Does that gyroscope mess with you if you're trying to play it in bed and you've got it like over your head? I would guess so. I don't actually use the gyroscope function personally. I'm more used to the control stick, but I'm sure it would get all screwed up if you were doing it in a weird position. (laughs) (laughs) It sounded wrong. Is that a wrong? No, it's all right. <laughs> Mike, Mike does gyroscopes in weird positions all the time, right, Mike? Oh yeah. <laughs> well, I, 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 I'm, I'm saving the best ones for my little uh, for my tour. Oh, I see. Makes sense. Yeah, so I got uh, Zelda for it and a rail cart. I just kind of scratched the surface of Zelda. Haven't really dug in yet. And then, um, oh, yes. The other thing I'll go ahead and plug is I started my own uh, solo podcast called uh, Repeat One. And that is a music podcast. It's just where I deliver a short story and uh, play a little clip of songs you can play on loop and the stories behind them. So check it out. All right. Enough about my shit. Shall we get into the issue? Sure. All right. Uh, I don't know what the scan you have says, but mine is a special cover where it says Happy New Year with NU being new. And it opens up in the center of it to so it's like a uh, I don't know how you phrase it. But, yeah, it's split down the center. So you open the flaps to the side and inside is sort of like a big wallpaper of these floating cubes with screenshots of N64 games on them. And then you have a giant uh, N64 controller, which is all gray and silver, with uh, Diddy Kong standing on it, giving a thumbs up, not even looking at you. And then just a sea of consoles of Ultra 64. Yeah, it's kind of like the endings of uh, the ending of Close Encounters of the Third Kind, where he's getting on the ship. <laughs> and he's just like later bitches i'm heading on to uh greener pastures or blue pastures i don't know what the plas- what the pastures look like on this alien world but i'm done with you <laughs> yeah i don't know what do you think of this uh rudy um, 
Uh, the, of the third encounters. <laughs> We're not talking about the story. Sure, screw the story. issue. Let's just go on a nice half-hour tangent. John's not here, so we need to we need to get a new distraction here. Oh jeez. Oh well, I'll, um, you were. I wanted to say something about you know that what was that Legend of Zelda game that he has the new one, Breath of the Wild. Breath of the you have Breath, Breath, of, Breath of the, of the Wild, Wild Turkey. You have that one, right? Yes. Okay, guess what? There's a game that 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 um has the same elements. What's that game? Come on, Skyrim. What? Rhyme. A game called Rhyme. It looks exactly like that game. Hmm. Isn't that the one? Uh, isn't that like free now? On yeah, think, on uh, PlayStation. I think so, but if you, my wife keeps saying that looks, it looks just like the game. Looks it's just like the game. My yeah, understanding is Ryan. There's like no fighting though. Right, but the sceneries, like you know. Oh, the, the graphics. Okay. Yeah, because it, it's like a cell animated, cell shaded. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that. I, I don't know. Cell shaded always looks kind of weird to me. Yeah. It looks really nice. I mean, it's a nice uh, compromise, I think, for them, for oh, Nintendo. That's cool. Um, All right. Shall we move on here to the inside our advertisement here? We have, a, I think we've seen this before. It's a disgusting uh, photo of someone collecting toenail clippings in a medicine jar. And... Uh, it says, never, not since your prized collection of toenail clippings have your friends been so terrified of you. So I really don't know what marketers are thinking when they put this kind of crap in front of people. It's going to make them, like, want to buy their product. It's like that it just makes you want to turn the page. Well, it's like that 90s extreme gross-out thing. Like, you remember Ren and Stimpy, Rocco's Modern Life? Like, any, like when gross was supposed to be cool. I guess, man. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm just old. I think that's what it is. <laughs> You forgot what it was like to be a 90s kid. I mean, haven't you been on so. Facebook? They got the reminders everywhere. Nice <laughs> kid. Hey, were you born in the 90s? Do you remember Pop-Tarts and Pop-Rocks? Do you remember hot dogs? <laughs> Do you remember apples? <laughs> Fruit. Remember that? Pepper Ridge Farms remembers. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's keep going here. We have the first table of contents, and it is much cleaner than the pre- previous year, although it's using a um, script font, which makes everything really difficult to read anyways. So <laughs> one step forward, one step back. That's what I'll say about it. And we've got a whole bunch of um, poorly rendered N64 controllers thrown all over the page with some uh, party streamers for New Year's. And it says, it's a new year with NU. It's the whole section about the Nintendo 64 debuts. And it says, you see the system, the controller, now check out the stunning games for the Nintendo Ultra 64. The power editors dropped in on Tokyo's Shishinkai trade show for an in-depth preview of the most anticipated video game system for 1996. Uh, We also get into Earthworm Jim 2, Revolution X, Doom Troopers, uh, let's see here, Scooby-Doo, PGA Tour 96, Jack Bros, Tetris Blast, and Freak Thomas Baseball. So, shall we move on to the Players Pulse? Uh-huh. And they said, responses to our request for dream game ideas continue to come thick and fast. 
Um, wow, that's that the only, like, the only thing. That sounds like John. <laughs> that's not the only thing coming to get faster. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, lots huh. of readers want Zelda, Final Fantasy, Earthbound, and Super Metroid sequels. Here are some other excellent, creative, and just plain weird concepts from our readers. Who wants to take the first one? Well, guess Mike, first. you take the first one. Or not. Okay. We got one from Mike Bruno from Marlton, New Jersey, saying, Gee, wish I thought of that. I've got a great idea for a game based on a movie. It stars Jean-Claude Van Damme and Raul Julia. It's called Street Fighter. It's action-packed in... Wait a minute. Never mind. <laughs> That's pretty witty. I like it. This kid's got sauce. He's got moxie. All right. Rudy, you want to take the next one? Okay. Uh, Rudy, you want to take the next one? Painting for a sequel? Yes. It's okay. Um, it says, I hope to see a sequel to a classic non-game. Mario Paint, a sequel with many upgrades to original op- options and many new activities such as color mixing, new animation, choices, and possibly a few more different beats to the awesome music option will be great. Jeremy Devorkin? Devorkin? No, it's Devorkin. Okay. <laughs> no idea. From Austin, Texas. Okay, Kimberly, do you want to take the next one? I'm going to laugh at you. Okay, which one is that one? They're right here. Bookum. Where it says Bookum? Yeah. Why not create a game from a great novel? I can't hear you. Can you hear me? Uh, Yeah, we can hear you. Why not create a game from a great novel? I suggest uh, Demon Lance uh, saga. Don't mess me up. (laughs) I'm not messing by, you up. <laughs> by Margaret Weiss and Tracy Hickman for a new RPG because it's a twisted plot. Um, and great characters. This game would be a tough competitor with Square's Final Trigger and Final Fantasy series. Kathy Chin? Yeah. Plainto Texas? Yeah. Plainto Texas. Like, like plain old Texas. <laughs> plain old Texas. So, uh, has anybody read this Dragonlance saga? Nope. Maybe we live. Okay, Ben, so tell us about My Hero Me. My Hero Me. A game should be made. <laughs> it sounds like going... a sequel to Enemy Mine. This is a game called My Hero. Oh, isn't Enemy Mine the one where they impregnate the alien? That's a dude. <laughs> isn't it where like Jeff Bridges like gets a male alien pregnant? Oh my god! Anyways, like I only know why I've heard the phrase, but you know I'm starting to dread looking it up now. All right, you need to. I don't know if he actually gets him pregnant or if the guy is just pregnant and they has to help him deliver a baby. It's actually very like it's like a drama. Like, they're both in a space war or whatever, and they land on a planet, oh, and they could kill each other, but they need each other to survive. And lo and behold, the males give birth to babies, and they got to deliver this little thing. thing. From, from that, what's that, kind of that movie? Oh, that weird one that, that with, the, with the kid, uh, the last, nav- the last star of the Navigator? No, no, the other one. That no, was- not, yeah. I know what I know you're what talking you're thinking about. Of. Oh, but anyways. Mike's taking us enough, of course, enough. I'll get into the the article, the letter here. A game should be made going through the inside of a Super NES, NES, Virtual Boy, or Game Boy. Around every chip, you would face the biggest and slimiest villains from all of the top games. On top of that, it could be 3D. 
The goal of my dream game is to find the problem in the system just like a repair guy or gal would. On their way through the system, you could find wrenches and other tools. The hero is me, as I think that most Nintendo Power readers would love to be in a game. From Jane Lawrence, Syracuse, New York. The man they call Jane. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. How, like, haven't we seen games that take place in a sort of, like, cyber world where, like, you're repairing a... Well, Mega Man is like that, isn't it? Your enemies are glitches? Yeah. They're, they're not... Well, I guess... Not virtual glitches. They're real glitchy robots. Hmm. So, uh, I'll take the next one. Get a Lego Up by Robert Sharkey of Bonita Springs, <clears throat> Florida. He says, I was building with my Legos and thought that you could make a Lego video game like SimCity. You would pay small amounts of money to buy different sized bricks to build a hotel or a house. Well, I think we know what the game this guy designed later on. What would that be? Minecraft. I don't think you pay money for those things, do you? They're making money somehow, aren't they? I think they're just making off copies of the game. Okay. Well, there's DLC, isn't it? There isn't any DLC for Minecraft? I don't think so. Hmm. Rudy, why don't you take the next one? Uh, The Flash Forward? A continuation of the Flashback game. In my opinion, this is the... This is the best game for the Super NES. David, what bread? Bread half? Yeah, we'll go with <laughs> that. Okay, I'm sorry. They cross uh, Los Angeles. I know, wait. LA, right? Uh, Louisiana. Louisiana. Okay, it just looks like LA to me. Well, David, that's a bad idea and you should feel bad. Yeah. <laughs> Kimberly, you want to take the next one? Sure. Alternate universe. I have always thought an interesting game would be an alternate video game universe. The basic idea is to create a game which characters from one game are trapped in another and they have make way back to the real video game world in which they belong. Um, Dave, I don't know. I'm I'm not trying to. (laughs) You're going to make us sound like we're uneducated. I'm not trying to pronounce that name right there. Dave Philadelphia. Della De- 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 Mitchia. Della De- De- Philadelphia. <laughs> yeah, basically, we already played this game. It was uh, Eat Lead, The Return of Matt, ha- Matt Hazard. That game was Is that uh, Flash game online, Super Mario Brother crossover? <laughs> which is pretty much the same thing. <laughs> oh, God. All right, is it my turn now? Yeah. All right, School of Hard Knocks. I think you should make a Super Punch-Out 2 with new challengers and more moves to the player and harder circuits. From Scott McDonough, St. Louis Mo. And on this page, we get to see some very talented envelope art. The first one featuring Fulgore from Killer Instinct riding a little goat of Mario Kart. With Lakitu behind him going like, ah! Like, you just, like, you slashed everybody's tires and heads. <laughs> and <laughs> the second one is a beautiful pen-drawn earthbound with Pooh, uh, Ness, Paula, and Jeff. 
And uh, Ness is lying on top of the address, Nintendo Power, Player's Pulse. And he's just holding his baseball bat out. And, uh, you know, for something that was just done with a pen, this looks friggin' fantastic. And that was from Furquin NC Root, which is quite a handle. I mean, like, now you know why he's so good at drawing, because, you know, nobody's playing with him with a name like that. <laughs> so, and then we get to see Mega Man versus Strawberry Man in a... Uh, Beautiful envelope art from Adam R. Hot from Warren, Pennsylvania. And then something with Yoshi. <laughs> Kirby's meeting his match. It's one eating machine losing to the other with Kirby and Yoshi. Kirby's nightmare. And then we get to see um, some guy. Uh, does anyone recognize this character with the kiss the cook apron? Looks like Cinder from Killer Instinct. Oh shit! That w- he would be on the bar. He would be manning the barbecue. Yeah, but he'd just have to like put his hand on it. He's just he's over there going, "Get off the shed!" <laughs> and then we get to see Marl from Chrono Trigger reading a book. I'm not quite sure where she's reading a book instead of playing a Game Boy, but still, it says "Play it loud." And then we get to see DK writing Sharky underwater in a beautifully coral tinted envelope. With the address on the barrel. This is some pretty nice. good stuff. So, the next page we get to see a boy taking his electronic device near water, which is inadvisable, but it makes a good picture with Power Falls. With Chris Power. Roy of Wheaton, Illinois, and Phil Black of Hinsdale, Illinois, taking their Game Boys when they visited Waterfalls. And they are in front of Niagara... Uh, Chris is in front of Niagara Falls and Phil is next to Angel Falls in South America, the world's tallest waterfall. Hmm. Although I can only see one water... I can only see one guy in front of a waterfall, but... What? You, you, the page on the left page. Oh, Previous right. page. Yeah, I got I wanted, I wanted to point out <laughs> something real quick. Do you guys notice something weird on that picture of the waterfalls? Well, well it, so. has, it has a kind of like a, 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 a weird angle from the ground. Look at the ground. It has like a, like a, like if someone twisted the, the scene in the back. Like kind of like a, almost like, a, like an upside down triangle scene. Mm-hmm. Do you see it? Um, could have just uh, been the lens they were using to try and capture the whole thing. It just looks weird. Unless the mountain is sloped sideways. Oh, I guess that's just me. Yeah. Might be the mountain if it's curved like a horseshoe. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So we get another letter, a blast from the past. Uh, ben, do you want to read that? Sure. I really would like to see a second Blaster Master game. The NES version was awesome, but his graphics capabilities are way outdated. Well, uh, Brian with an O. Uh, Aspen Leader from Kalispell, Montana. Your wish finally came true just this last year <laughs> when, a, really? when a spiritual sequel came out for the Nintendo Switch. Oh, shit. Actually, it's pretty I played a demo. It's actually pretty good. Um, actually, there was a uh, somewhat of a sequel. There was a Blaster Master game for the PlayStation 1. I actually bought it for like $6.00. It is uh, awful. Um, it's 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 horrible. It is uh, like cancer for your eyeballs. 
Um, <laughs> so I would not recommend it. It's not a side-scrolling 2D platform. It's 3D, and it's very much like random, procedurally generated nonsense. It's it's not good. Do not recommend. That no, don't get it. That's right. Ben says no. <laughs> Uncle Ben says, okay. <laughs> and by my rights. So come fly with me. Koei's Aerobis Supersonic. Lots of extra cities could be added. And a bunch of new planes should be added. As an additional feature, the game would allow you to start frequent flyer programs to increase travel in large cities and hubs. Nerd! Any of you guys ever want to play an airplane, an airport simulator? Not an airplane simulator where you fly the plane, but managing the business of the airport. Exactly. I had talks with game with Aerobiz. I think we talked about that one time. That's the that's the new version of Aerobiz, right? Supersonic. That I couldn't tell you. It's I think all they... boring to me. Everything got so silent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Every... No, but that's that's educational because that's what taught me how to <laughs> how to. How to manage stock and buy um, hotels and weird stuff in the game. Yeah, and that's why you're such a successful stock manager slash airport coordinator today. Yep, I'm doing so much money right now. <laughs> <laughs> that's messed up. <laughs> you gotta have a Mexican running an airport. <laughs> it's like we finally found a way to beat the wall. Oh. <laughs> Terrible. From Kid Video. Right there, that's the dude from Kid Video. Yes, it's the one that you remember the TV with this TV set? What? Which one are you talking oh, about? The one that says extra fun for uh, the players poll contest winner. There's a guy on the right side with the glasses and the black shirt and jeans. He looks like the guy from um, Kid Video from the party has a, a black and white RCA TV. Uh-huh. Well, there's a reference even, even Mike doesn't get. You found it. Yeah, it's just a guy, like kid. Like I never heard a kid video. I know about Captain N. The game oh, you master. No, this guy looks like a young Bubbles. He <laughs> <laughs> looks like Bubbles from Trailer Park Boys. It does. If he was in, like you know, I don't know, ninth grade. Talking about <laughs> this is real step up. Oh, shit! Him. I'll tell you what. That's I'm not a good. Back to those things again. <laughs> Sweet Super Nintendo setup. It's gonna be sweet. Oh yeah. <laughs> My kitties are gonna be riding in style. Oh, <laughs> uh, you guys might have to step a little closer to the mic. Oh come in closer, I told you I can't hear you. Yeah. Alright, can you hear better? I can hear her, yes. Yeah, we're good. Alright. Alright. Okay, so what is this? This is uh, the set of Sequest DSV. And the winner was Seth Montgomery of Topeka, Kansas. So did anybody... It looks like... (laughs) We're looking at what seems to be like a submarine hatch planted in the ground. Yeah, I see. It's it's a silo, right? Some kind of a fruit silo. (laughs) That's a tiny silo. Oh, this is the one where you get to be an extra on the show. Oh, so he got he traveled to Orlando, Florida to be an extra on the show. And uh, let's see here. Got him his dressing trailer. Uh, let's see here. 
Seth plucked oranges while series star Jonathan Brandes strolled by. Huh. So he unfortunately didn't get to go underwater or on the actual set for this this ship. It's an above ground shot. And it says he's an aspiring actor. So uh, could you find out if Kid Video is Seth Montgomery? It could be. You know, if you were fans, you'd know who he was. Casuals. (laughs) That's what the C stands for. You're super casuals. (laughs) Well, we could be goofy too, but... But yeah, he does look like him. If you want me to, uh, to get a, maybe a picture of the guy somewhere on the internet? Will that show up on our... No, it wouldn't show up on our video. No, no. I could put it up. What does it matter? If you do find it, look for for a kid video. And it's the guy... It's a live action sequence in the intro where it shows him like like he's waking up from bed and the TV set is on top. Like a black and white TV set. I think it's RCA TV. Okay, we'll have to come back to that. Oh, I see what you mean. Oh, you I do. see what you mean now. Um, yeah, it, it looks like uh, Mike is a child. <laughs> is it? Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'll, to, I'll 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 send it to you, Mike. <clears throat> you just look fatter right there, huh? Well, you know, good kid, eating. Kid grew up. Who knows? Who knew? <laughs> Went the wrong way. <laughs> I'm just gonna... <laughs> All right, I sent it to you, Mike. Guess which one? Okay, I'm looking. Oh, it's just a link. Okay, loading up and. Oh my! <laughs> <laughs> one of these things is not like the other. <laughs> yeah. Hey, he kind of looks like Jeff from Earthbound. <laughs> okay, so next page. Power charts. Let's keep this train rolling. Super okay. NES, top 20. We got our top five. Super Mario World 2, Yoshi's Island at number five. Number four, Mortal Kombat 3. Number three, Donkey Kong Country 2. All these, all of these are off by one. <laughs> it's like Mortal Kombat 3 is four. Donkey Kong Country 2 is three. Mm-hmm. Chrono Trigger is two, and number one is Killer Instinct. Ben, yeah. what's on the Game Boy? Game Boy Top Five: Number Five, Warrior Land, Super Mario Land Three. Number Four is Mortal Kombat Three. Number Three, Killer Instinct for Game Boy. Number Two, Duck Kong Land. Number One, Legend of Zelda: Link's Awakening. Kimberly, you want to tell us Japan's Top Five? Well, we're all Japan. Right here, look. It says right here. Yeah. Okay, um, Japan's top five. Like they're super wrong. Oh, you, you moved the mouse wrong. Right there. Yeah, the... number one, Secret no, of Mana. No, you just said top five. Right here. I'm reading that, baby. Okay. Okay, Hang number on. one, Secret of Secret of Mana three from SquareSoft. Number two, Super Mario Super Mario World oh, two, yeah. Yoshi's Island Nintendo. Number three, uh, World Soccer two, Konami. Uh, number four, Mario Super what? High Cross. Nintendo. Number five, Super Robot World Pancresto. No, no, it's Ban Presto. Presto. Okay. Ban Presto. Pre- not Ban Presto. Ban Presto. Okay. You gotta say it Japanese, though. Sometimes those words. Yeah, not Pesto, okay? The Italian thing was on the other page. 
Okay, so Rudy, tell us what was on the virtual top five. And I'll make it easy for you. It's the only five games. That's not true. They had Waterworld. <laughs> oh, yeah, they did. Waterland, Galactic Pinball, Golf, Mario's Tennis, and Red Alarm. All right. Oh, my gosh. They have even more letters. Oh, wow. This is... This, this is, is a first. A, yeah. Well, well, this is about Chrono Trigger, so I feel like I have to... I have to I have to nail this. Chrono the next two are from both from Ontario. Oh shit. Canadian represent. Okay, Chrono Crazy. I would like to know if you will publish a player's guide for the hit RPG Chrono Trigger. I think it would really help players get through this massive game. I look forward to buying Chrono Trigger when it makes its way to video game stores, although I'm not exactly an RPG fanatic. The characters designed by Mr. Akira Toriyama look very cool. Also, the graphics are really impressive. I visited a friend playing a Japanese version of Chrono Trigger. I visited a friend playing Japanese version of Chrono Trigger. What I saw was detailed backgrounds, character graphics. Not the blocky backgrounds and pixel-like characters in traditional RPGs, and I love the battle scenes. Not that I love violence, but the weapon and tech attacks, especially Chrono's cyclone attack, look just superb. To sum it all up, I would say I want Chrono Trigger by Peggy Wong from Scarborough, Ontario. And they reply here, which is our command, Peggy. The Chrono Trigger Player's Guide is hot off the presses. You can pick up one at most stores that carry Nintendo products or order direct by using the coupon on the back of this issue. Anyone else want to tackle the chip shot? Sure. So Gavin Harmon from Ontario, Canada says, I hate to break it to you, but you don't need a Super FX chip icon on your head-to-head table and now playing. Fuck you, I hear that accent. The fact is, Super FX games just aren't common enough to merit its own icon. It's kind of like making an icon for games with Mario in them. I think it's safe to assume that that if you make a game completely out of polygons, people are going to know it's an FX chip game. (laughs) And they say, intriguing point, Gavin, but did you know that the creative game designers put the Super FX chip to other uses? For example... In Yoshi's Island, the Super FX chip allowed Mr. Miyamoto and his team to make the huge bosses and morph morphmation effects. <laughs> uh, and we get to see lovely screenshots of Chrono Trigger in the uh, the 12,000 BC era. It's pretty darn cool. And uh, so. speaking, and we were talking earlier about Windows 3.1. Here we get to see one of those things. As a insert for the editor's corner, which is featuring that lovely 3.1 folders open uh, folder style thing with the nope. arrows mm-hmm. and blocks everywhere, awful. And it's, it says playpulse.fun. Uh, yeah, so they're uh, basically telling you what the change they made was to add a third page of the player's pulse, which you're currently reading. So, yay! All right. Finally, on to our first. Kids remember 3.1 Windows. Let's move on <laughs> to our first feature game. After 50 minutes doing this, we <laughs> we are now at Earthworm Jim 2. Did you get a plan, chance to play this one, Mike? Uh, no, but it looks like I should have. I mean, we get to see awesomely rendered cows, a mm-hmm. uh, an executioner type Bubba, and we get to dance on a big barbecue pit. So if you remember playing the first one, the second one, 
there are like two or three levels that play pretty much the same where it's like side scrolling, you know, and you've got a couple of new moves. So not only do you have the regular gun, you can get different upgrades for your gun that have like, um, you know, one's like a rocket that shoots out. Another one, like it makes turns your gun into a bubble blaster. I don't know if that's just a punishment or if it's like a good thing in some ways. Um, you also have your pal Snot in your backpack at all times. So Snot helps you um, cling to like sticky green substances on the ceiling and walls. And he also acts as like a parachute. So you can sort of glide uh, over to um, other platforms. So it adds a little bit of a different gameplay mechanic. Um, same humor style and graphics is there from the first game. And uh, it's just, I played through, I didn't play that far into it. I played the first level. And uh, there's a portion in it where you fall into a pig pen. And um, it there's no point to it other than you can lift up a pig, carry it over a little ways, put a pig down a pig chute, and then the pig falls down the slide and gets his head stuck in a fishbowl and then is floating in this water <laughs> with his head stuck in a fishbowl. Do you use him as a stepping stone? No. It's just there for comedic effect. There's nothing else to it. Was that the same? So it was basically, it's the new version of the cow catapult. Yeah. The cow launcher, yeah. And then uh, later on, like, in the level... There is a, uh, you can kind of see a screenshot here on page 13. You have to make your way up via, you know, on like how old people used to move up and down stairs. They had that little chair lift on, <laughs> on the railing, basically. Yeah. So you have to have your own chair lift and you have to avoid um, like grandmas coming down at, the, at uh, from the top. <laughs> They're basically dropping down on you. Oh my god, you're making old people punchlines. Yeah. This game sounds great. So it's got a really good sense of humor. The platforming, it, it, it's somewhat confusing, um, but so is kind of the game. So that's that's kind of the main gist of it. What's interesting is they change up the um, gameplay on certain levels. So if you take a look at, for instance, on page 17... This is where it's more of a um, isometric on rails like driving sim <laughs> where you're flying on a rocket on your Jim's rocket and you have to avoid things uh, and shove balloons off the screen. So what's it say on the balloon? Is it boom <laughs> or boom? Or, oh, boom. Say boom. Yeah. And there's a level where. I'm going to try to think here. Okay. So it kind of tells you, all right, back on page 11, excuse me for jumping around. It kind of tells you about the different level type of interactions you can have. So that one's called Balloon Go Boom. It says, Major Mucus rules this planet with a slimy fist, but Jim decides to pick a fight anyway. Our hero jumps aboard his trusty pocket rocket and nudges a balloon bomb to the mayor's crater, Major's crater. And then this next one, it's called G-Swell Jim. And it's got uh, Jim's head is is blown up like a balloon. And it says, Jim decides to eliminate the middleman and become a balloon himself. He gets a swelled head with the while infiltrating the circuits of the scars run by his familiar foe, Evil the Cat. Step right up, see the elephant man, try the sh- shooting gallery, ride the tilter world, lose your lunch. 
crows are bad in Kai. Mm-hmm. So you have to, I guess, travel upwards while avoiding things in that level. Um, and uh, then you have one, one called Pete's Repeat. It says, this go around, Pete, the Peter puppy, Pete travels to Nowhere City in a bid to rescue his precious pups from that cruel dog tosser, Psycho. Pete's still playing his Jekyll and Hyde routine. In favor, in four of Pete's pups, if four of Pete's pups go splat, he'll transform into ravenous worm eater, eating Bowser. Excuse me. So Jim has a pillow, and you're trying to toss puppies into safety as they fall down from the sky. <coughs> so it's a pretty wacky gameplay. Same type of humor. If you like the first one, you'll like the second one. That's kind of the gist of it. Okay, All so right, the so the next, next section... Game. Next section is about the Nintendo 64 debuting in Japan. So they had a big, big coming out party for the Nintendo 64 in Japan. What's funny is they called it the Nintendo 64 in Japan first or were planning to call it the Nintendo Ultra 64 in the States and then decided to ditch that and just call it the Nintendo 64 worldwide. So it's, it's kind of amusing to see it, you know, presented this way. Like, it's, oh, it's going to be changed and it doesn't. So they had a big coming out party, and this is from what I remember. Uh, I was still living in England at the time, and I recorded like uh, video game TV shows on like VHS. And they had a clip where they sent a guy out to the show, and like I just rewatched it like over and over again. It was just awesome. So they're taking you through some of the details of it. So they tell you about how you can you can put a memory card in the back of the controller. Um, they're talking about, um, let's see here, the price of the console, what the, you know, different technologies are in it. As we move on, you can see that they have a bunch of different uh, colors of the controllers. So you can get a different color controller. Then they have this little infographic showing you about uh, how different, three different ways you can hold a controller. And uh, they're talking up the the Z trigger on the back. They're talking about the control stick and how, you know, how cool that is. And now they're talking about, which is interesting, the disk drive. So <clears throat> I want to talk a little bit about the disk drive. So they talk about um, uh, this a little bit. So essentially what was happening in um, Nintendo's history here is in the lead up to the N64, first of all, it was delayed by a year. Um, because of Super Mario 64, they 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 didn't want to release this this console without getting a Mario game out there, and um, so Miyamoto just flat out said, "I need more time," and they they gave it to him. Well, that ultimately cost them because all our developers continued to leave them. Essentially, um, they realized they could make games, they could get a bigger profit through CDs, and Sony was a great platform. Had a great, you know, partner in Sony, easier to develop for, and uh, so they were starting to flock to Sony. And this is like big names, right? Including um, the, I think the biggest one that they lost at the time was Square. When Square left, it was like, oh shit, we got to do something about this, you know. So their attempt to win back developers was to go, hey, no, 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 guys, we're gonna we're gonna have an add-on. For this 64 system that's going to have discs on it uh where it's going to attach to the bottom of it and you can you know put um discs in it 
and it's going to be it's going to be great. So you can port your games and and have it work on the N64, right? And of course, they decided to screw it up and use a proprietary format rather than using the CD, which is already <laughs> widely available. And then uh, they just, you know, never bothered uh, releasing it because it would have cost more money. And I think they they released it via you had to get a mail order. I think in 1999, you could mail order for the system, and there were only a few games made for it. And the rest of them were either ported to full N64 games or trashed entirely. So, anyways, the rest of this article is talking about um, the disk drive and is talking about the people that came up with Super Mario 64. So, they have an interview with Shigeru Miyamoto and Takashi Tezuya. Um, about the hardware and um, what, who he's talking about the hardware more. So then they get into talking about Super Mario 64. So this is going to be like the first of many previews they have up until about September of 96 when they finally have a full feature on it. So, and that's, they're going to have to drag this out because I kind of looked ahead of what this season is going to be. <laughs> Not a whole lot of good games coming out in 96 for the Super Nintendo. Uh, <laughs> it's not uh, not pretty. <laughs> so, their, their big uh, moneymaker is going to be the N64 and uh, Mario 64 that comes out. So, they're going to be talking about it a lot. But here's some of the first screenshots we see of Super Mario 64. Uh, the game looks pretty much final at this point. You can kind of see they're still finalizing some bug fixes. Take a look at the pop pa- top of page uh, 27. You can see like a poorly rendered chain chomp kind of halfway into the ground. And then above that, you see Mario kind of running from a piranha and there's just no sky in the background. So here's some pieces they're still working on, clearly. And then uh, next up after that, they're giving us some brief screenshots of other video games. So you see Pilot Wings 64, which was a lot of their launch title. Now they're showing us a lie, which is The Legend of Zelda 64. And these are some screenshots from a uh, tech demo. And it was uh, 10 seconds or so of video footage where Link is battling a metal suit of armor. So... Clearly, this is not the final game, which is Ocarina of Time. It's not the final um, rendering of Link. And um, it's just meant to kind of show off kind of what it would look like on the 64. Next, they're showing uh, Mario Kart 64. I don't know whether there's an R in front of it, um, but they got rid of that. Romance. And <laughs> racing? Racing, yeah. Mario Kart 64 race? Because yeah. this is way it's like the Mario Kart you previously enjoyed, but this time there's racing. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they show the best feature here, which is the four-player split screen. With some, it looks like some placeholder graphics. I don't remember the Go looking like that. Yeah. And then this is really interesting. The next screenshots are from uh, Wave Race, but um, neither of these screenshots represent the final game. So these, uh, it says this is supposed to be like a futuristic watery F-Zero. And so it's showing you that um, you can go down canals, rivers, pipes, other damp places. And it shows like a transforming 
water bike. So it's got like a little raft type thing with a pod in the center that can expand into, and like float on the water like a hovercraft. So um, I'm not sure how many of you guys are with Wave Race 64, but um, that definitely never made it to the game because they got a license from Kawasaki and had Kawasaki, uh, um, was it jet skis? What are they called? Uh, sure, we call them jet skis or wave runners or whatever as they're like mode of transportation. They had little uh, characters uh, riding them. So however, whatever form this game was developed and never made it to uh, uh, con- um, consoles. And neither did any of this background graphics. I could tell you that from playing it many, many times. All right, next page after that, they're digging into some previews for Shadows of the Empire, which is the Star Wars game. And uh, Body. Yep. And then uh, Body Harvest from a little known Scottish developer named DMA, who will go on to create Grand Theft Auto 3. So, this is like the precursor to the GTA. So, we'll get into that when we have coverage. So, instead of hijacking cars, you're hijacking bodies? No, you still hijack cars. It's called Body Harvest, so there's aliens that are harvesting people. Oh, so it's what the your enemy does, not you. Yeah, that's yeah. kind of a confusing title. Yeah, that's a very bad title convention. Mm-hmm. Got some screenshots for Star Fox 64, which is basically Star Fox, but now it's but it looks good and mm-hmm. plays good. It's and then... Good. Really good game. What the hell is Kirby Bowl 64? Kirby is a bowling ball. <laughs> is this an actual game? I don't remember this. Yeah, this, did this game actually make it to publishing, or did they realize, no, we just put, like, two dots on a sphere, and we called it a big character that we've established, so. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, how does how does this game even begin? Like, Kirby eats a bowling ball, and then he just retains perfect roundness? I don't know. I'll have to look that up. Mm-hmm. I'll look it up over the break. Well, we see on right. another screenshot, he's got his feet, so he's not always a bowling ball. Is this a snowboarding one? I think this turned into snow- Kirby snowboarding. <laughs> Kirby did snowboarding? Yeah, there's definitely a Kirby... Uh, let's see here. He's one wicked wild cream puff. It was okay. It became Kirby's Air Ride, which was also canceled until it resurfaced on the Nintendo GameCube. Ah. So there's a prototype out there that you can download. And then there's some unknown game called GoldenEye. <laughs> A uh, game called Creator, which is kind of like Mario Paint for 3D, which never got released because it was for the 64DD. game called Buggy Boogie. That doesn't sound familiar at all. I got that buggy boogie. We're going to buggy down. You, you are a buggy in a thoroughly buggy world? This doesn't make any sense. Is this that glitch game the other kid was asking about? Players will be able to customize their buggies with interchangeable components such as engines, tires, and special features, including futuristic weapons. They will allow to... Uh, it's here. Mario Kart, but on, but on dunes. I guess that doesn't sound familiar at all. Okay. And then Blast Dozer became uh, Blast Core. Huh. Oh, and then the best of the rest, where we get to see Capcom's Mega Man X3... What appears to be Dragon Warrior, unless there's a game that just looks exactly like Dragon Warrior. 
Nope. Dragon Quest VI debuted two weeks before its scheduled release. Uh, and uh, if we, uh, for new listeners, Dragon Quest is a uh, role-playing series that was so popular in Japan they actually had to pass a law stating that this game be released on the weekend because most games tend to, uh, like in Japan at the time, video games were released in the middle of the week. I guess so that they could puff up their first their first weekend sales. But the problem with Dragon Quest Six, the Dragon Quest series, is that people kept calling in sick, and it was such a uh, a downer on their productivity that the Japanese government had to make sure this game gets a weekend release. You hear that? That's fucking awesome. Hey, it was an excellent series. I don't know about this game. I'd have to. Uh, I'll have to see if I, you know, just played it and forgot which number it was because they kind of bled together in my mind. Still, it's good. And then we can, can, I, uh, can I? Also, can... Boogie Boogie was canceled. <laughs> and uh, Enix displayed oh. a game called Dark Half, and it says that the battle sequences that characters attack within a limited range, adding an element of strategy. So it's. That sounds pretty neat, where you have to, like, make sure, like, where your tactics... Yeah, it's uh, it adds tactics to the game. And then we get Tales of Fantasia, Bahamut Lagoon, Final Fantasy. So if you want, like, RPGs from Japan, oh, boy, you're in luck. But another one is called Farland Story 2, which I never heard of. And then we get to uh, get some Disney games like Maui Mallard, Pinocchio, Mickey and Donald 3, and Donald Duck. And then some uh, Virtual Boy game, which I don't know. And then they mentioned Turok, the dinosaur hunter. <laughs> it's Virtual Barman, which <laughs> is like Barman, but now it's on the Virtual Boy. And now <laughs> we have our next game, Revolution X. Acclaim's newest shoot-it-or-lose-it game paints an ominous scenario for the youth of today. The New Order Nation, a well-armed alliance of corrupt corporations and government cohorts, wow, so present day, is attempting to unify the world under one repressive regime, bent on destroying an emerging youthful revolt. Headmistress Helga, the conspiracy's leather-clad leader, has ordered her non-troops to kidnap America's premier band, Aerosmith, sending rock and roll into ruins. Right, because rock is so bad that the disappearance of one band jeopardizes it. As a member of Revolution X, your mission is simple. Destroy Non's evil enterprise, as well as Ursa and Zod, and and free everyone's favorite hard rockers. I love the premise that, like, bad guys are still, like, leather-clad bitches in, like, dressed up as a teacher. And this is supposed to be like, no, these are the bad guys. So Helga? Yeah. You look at Helga. She's the screen. bad guy? Yeah, you look at Helga and she looks like friggin' Randy Savage's mistress. She looks like a dominatrix. Yeah, she looks awesome. Like, how, how are you supposed to paint her as the bad guy? Like, no, no, oh, like, no shooting power ups, no destroying bridges, no tattoos. Like, a girl dressed up like that in leather isn't, like, she's not down with tattoos or rock and roll. Well, she's, she's one of those that's like, you know, she's gonna ask you to bend over and pick something up next. You know what I'm saying? No, but see, but what he's saying is true, I mean, right? If she was supposed to be like an enemy of rock and roll and goodness and, you know, personal freedom, that she'd look like Sarah Sanders. <laughs> <laughs> I sent you that article, right? 
that was like photos of Sarah Huckabee Sanders compared with like African American uh, models or something like that. It was just like the worst photos of her ever. Yeah, you know, well, she looks like Uncle Fester in Shrek. I mean, it's just not right. She is not a good-looking woman. Oh, yeah. And the fact that, like, she is defending a guy who attacks women for being ugly. Irony? Yeah. What are you talking about? I want to say first the arcade version was superior to the to the Genesis and the... What do you call it? In the Super Nintendo? Because if I'm right, they have made it also for the Genesis, right? This is a Nintendo podcast. So. We don't talk about the Genesis. Oh, what's the Genesis? Yeah. Besides uh, a really awesome band from the 80s, which didn't get kidnapped. <laughs> this is, uh, if you recall, it's that uh, arcade game um, that was made by Midway and had like a, uh, you know, a gun. It had like two guns attached to it. Do you remember this game from the arcades? I can't say I did. I was never an arcade kid because that required disposable income. Fair enough. Mike was a, Mike had a sad childhood. <laughs> you didn't have a three quarters to plunk in to play one time. Yeah, but I I always worried that if I like I would suck the first couple of times. So by the time I showed, by the time I gained any insight, I would be long out of money. Nice. Mike had so, a lot of problems on his mind. <laughs> apparently, so it was an arcade game first, made by Midway. They um, based on the same engine they did the Terminator 2 game. So it's got the guns, you know, that are attached to the um, arcade cabinet, and it's a shooting game. Things pop up, you shoot them. It's what's interesting is this is a tie-in with the band Aerosmith. So I guess they originally wanted to make a game based on Jurassic Park, but they lost the bid for the license and decided to retool the game for Aerosmith instead. <laughs> so it's got realistic looking uh, sprites in here. They have pictures of models and you can see one here. We've got uh, the dominatrix uh, telling you Helga's no-nos. No shooting power-ups, no destroying bridges, no tattoos. I don't know why. And she's got like a whip or a billy club. Riding crop, maybe. And she's got big uh, breasts and cleavage wearing all black leather, it looks like, with she, sunglasses on inside. She, she looks like an evil version of Peggy Bundy. Yeah, I could see that. Like an emo Peggy. <laughs> Dominatrix Peggy. <laughs> so this game actually does have a plot. The plot is that uh, this bad organization called Non-New Order Nation, a well-armed alliance of corporate corporations, corrupt corporations and government cohorts, um, they have um, kidnapped all the members of Aerosmith. And you must go around shooting the hell out of this non um, regime to save the individual members of Aerosmith and then reunite the band so they can uh, play for the world and and uh, and save them. And in the sequel, you are you then take on Ursa and Zod. <laughs> what? Ursa, Non, Zod, the three Kryptonians from Superman Returns or Superman Two. They're called Non? No, Non was the big quiet guy. Oh, I don't remember that reference. He was, he was the big silent guy that never said anything, but like 
gave like that goofy stare and he'd like use his fingers to like move around shit because apparently those Kryptonians had telekinesis. That movie sucked. Nice. So this is a, obviously a, a port of the game. It, you know, the, the arcade game features some, like obviously the Aerosmith's music in, in, and their likeness in some respects. And it's got a lot of voice uh, clips from the band, you know, asking to be saved or challenging you to do this or that. Right. The, uh, <clears throat> so the actual arcade game was got pretty good. Um, feedback from critics and fans. The ports, not so much. So the ports, um, they well, specifically we're talking about stuff with the Super Nintendo ports. And since we're looking at here, it doesn't make use of the Super Scope at all. So you're left having to use the curse, the D-pad, to move a cursor around to shoot at things, which, as you can imagine, is not a great experience. Harkens back to the Punisher game for the Nintendo. Mm-hmm. And uh, they took out a lot of the high-quality music, of course, that wouldn't fit. Took out a lot of the voice samples that wouldn't fit. So you have, like, one Aerosmith-sounding MIDI track at the intro, and then, like, generic-sounding MIDI rock repeating over and over and over and over at every level. Because Aerosmith only had one song that everybody knew back then. <laughs> Yeah, so I don't know why they just didn't do MIDI versions of like all their songs for this. Maybe they couldn't get the rights or what. Um, and then they also censored it more for this version. So I guess in the arcade game, like uh, one of the chicks in here is wearing a thong and shows you her ass. And the, obviously in the Super Nintendo version, they don't have her turn around for that. So you just see the front of her and there's like no blood in this. It just, you know, whatever spills out. Water or green gel or something. I like the one that says Free Steve. And uh, you're supposed to like shoot out uh, Marlins, which is a sentence they put in. It says, then the mirror that's above the bar, and you'll be transported to just outside the dressing room where Steve Tyler is hugging a fan. And this screenshot is so bad, it looks like he's dressed up like a ketchup bottle. Yeah. It's like if Ronald McDonald caught... Got caught with the uh, fry guy here. <laughs> he got caught with Wendy. Yeah, that's that's more accurate. That's right. Yeah. So obviously this was a bit racier in the uh, arcade version, and it was uh, a bit toned down for the uh, console version and uh, ported by people other than Midway. And I guess um, they had planned on doing another Revolution X featuring a uh, hip-hop group Public Enemy. You know. Oh, shit. But, uh, yeah, boy! That's what I was waiting for. <laughs> but apparently they, they scrapped it after the uh, home ports of the original Revolution X were not well received. And rather than just improving the mechanics and going along with it, they decided to just give up. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, if you want to know what, like, the, the songs included on the... Um, uh, arcade game, Eat the Rich, Sweet Emotion, Toys in the Attic, Walk This Way, uh, Love in an Elevator, and that, let's see here, the console versions included loops of Ragdoll, Fever for one level, and Dude Looks Like a Lady for the Ending. So, the Ragdoll plays in like the main menu, and that's it. 
uh, fever plays in one level and dude looks like it lays plays in the ending. So the rest of it is generic rock sound, like I said. So did they even uh, do the music? Did they even do that generic music for their own game, or did they outsource that shit? No, that was uh, someone named Chris Graner. They didn't do it. Wow. You, you had one job: make a make a, a game that's basically like a a four hour commercial for air a four hour music video, mm-hmm. and. You need to outsource the music rather than just say, hey, guys, you're putting your face here. How about some just like some generic walk around jumping music? So if you want to know what some reviews of the time were of the ports, uh, Electronic Game Monthly gave it a 4.875 out of 10. Uh, And that was a pretty good score compared to what Next Generation Magazine gave it, which was a one out of five stars. Ooh, dis. Yeah. And the other ports uh, didn't do well either. Was there any unifying themes in their critiques? Uh, Let's see here. Accurately pinpointing small targets is is difficult. They particularly noted the absence of many graphical details in the arcade version, the awkward sluggish movement of the cursor control. Uh, Let's see here. They concluded to be an inexcusably poor version, found the graphics to be grainy and choppy and sounds to be static-ridden. Uh, laughable graphics, indistinguishable, digitized voices, and awful music. The game is overly repetitive and simply not fun. The conversion is abysmal. Uh, RevX seems like an old game wheezing through through on its past reputation. Revolution X isn't the worst game ever made, but it sure comes close. Acclaim took Midway's smash arcade hit and turned it into a complete miss for the Saturn. Uh, an incredibly bland and monotonous game meshed only by the blandness and monotony of the band that endorses it. <laughs> oh, wow. I'm, I'm surprised nobody called it a dump wow. in an elevator. That was from <laughs> the official Sega Saturn magazine. Holy crap. Wow. <laughs> no love. Harsh. Harsh. Yeah. So, oh, one thing we didn't mention about this game is that uh, for some reason you're shooting, you have to shoot up CDs all throughout this. I didn't know if this was like, it's from the game, but it's kind of odd that Nintendo Nintendo game features in the, you know, pages here, so many pictures of CDs. It's like they're pissed off or they like are shooting PlayStation CDs. (laughs) You don't want people putting this in their PlayStations and getting like uh, really cool monsters from Monster Hunter. Did you play that game? Monster Hunter? No. Yeah, because I, I believe, like, someone could correct me if I've got the wrong game, but it was a game where you could actually gain monsters by putting in music CDs. Oh, really? And it would extract the metadata and use that to generate uh, a monster with uh, certain character traits. And I don't know if it was an intended gag or not, but one of the most powerful monsters you could get from that game came from the Spice World soundtrack. Oh, geez. <laughs> we'll have to look that up. Monster Hunter World just came out, and that took down, like, uh, the Sony PlayStation Network. I know that much. That series is, like, still hugely popular in Japan. I'm begging Japan. 
Mr. Bo Jackson. <laughs> no, we're, we're, just, we're just spewing out shit now. Come on and dance. <laughs> All right. So you got a guy called Toxic, which is a green skull slime hand thing. And that uh, makes it, and it's about as accurate a description as any. Yep. I like the pictures on page three nine. It's the same woman, same pose, <laughs> four times, but two different versions of her on the screen at once. One of them, she's wearing pants. It appears the other one, she's not wearing pants. It's the crosshairs in front of her. Is that what it is? It's covering her. She, they have it aiming it right at her crotch. Yeah. Yeah, one what is she just, even doing? Uh, looks like she's digging with no shovel. Is she like just pouring water on a guitar? She's digging that's in the ground. She's digging her own grave at the behest of her overlords, which are about to execute her. <laughs> it says, uh, "I think she's a hostage of some kind." And it looks like you get to shoot up a bus. Oh, it's like that movie with uh, Clint Eastwood. The Gauntlet. Yeah, that's a great scene. Oh, man, that's a it is a good movie. Filmed in uh, downtown Phoenix, Arizona. Do you want to start a macho movie podcast where we just review awesome dudes doing awesome things? Uh, no, well, I do not. Death of I would be idea. happy. You heard it I would be happy to guest on it, though. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't got time for that, though. <laughs> All right, should we move on to the next game? Sure, we got uh, nothing else to talk about. We got this weird lizard king where I guess the 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 booty bitch turns into a uh, a, a first person perspective wart. Mm. Yeah, it says she's a Helga Nons leather wearing leader wants a duel to the dest death. Uh, this hot blooded broad ain't what she seems. You know, so we get a we get her in her hot leather busty goodness, and mm-hmm. then she turns into uh, I don't know what appears to be some frog in a leather yeah. jacket, wart in a Barker lounger holding a gun, <laughs> and wart in a lazy boy wearing spandex pants, holding a blaster, <laughs> and then you get treated I guess to a performance by the band. Yep. And I don't want to miss a thing. <laughs> Even when I save the game, it still sucks ass so bad I don't want to load it. And I don't want to miss a thing. <laughs> and I don't want to play again. There you go. Let's move on to our next game. It's yep. Mutant Chronicles Doom Troopers. All right, this is a game where the guy that kind of looks like a uh, a cyberpunk version of Ash from Evil Dead. And he's got uh, what seems to be like a Fallout version of Fulgore. And these two guys are, you know, like, one guy is a by-the-rules human. The other is a robot that plays by his own rules. Together, they save the universe. If they don't kill each other first. <laughs> so, I have no idea what this game sounds like. Oh, wait, I do, because I tried playing it. It crashed 
on my thing. It didn't crash. I got to the menu, so like the game functioned. It just didn't load any levels, which is great. Uh, dude, you've got to figure out what's going on in your emulator situation. <laughs> um, I try. I don't have this problem. I don't have this problem. Well, maybe Fate's saying that you should be playing the games then. Uh, no, you need to figure out what's going on with it. We're splitting this. We're splitting this job up. I, I ain't got time to play all these games. See, in the uh, in the po- in the uh, layout here, the robot looks like a cool like metal skull helmet thing, but in the game, it looks he looks like a metal version of Lobo from DC Comics. He just looks like he's got too much crap on him. <laughs> he looks like weighed down by like a metal like trench coat. So what I can tell you is that the music on this is not bad. And uh, for, the gr- for the first level, you have to go to the planet Venus and where the enemy Demnogonus or Gem- Demnogonus. Holy the shit. The Dark Apostle Mis- of Disease has found a home on Venus and you have to hand him an eviction notice. So Mystique's really let herself go. <laughs> I like that dialogue. Oh my fuck. Oh, Mystique's wow. got diabetes. <laughs> oh, professional oh savior. There's a lot All riding right. on your tires. <laughs> so, uh, what I can tell you from the way that this game looks, uh, the graphics and uh, the way that the heroes can mantle on cliffs, it, I would describe this as Donkey Kong Contra. Oh. I think that's accurate, actually. Interesting. Donkey Kong Contra, really? That's how mm. I would. That's the alternate name I would give this. Yeah, oh. it's got that sh- that same like shading where they're pre-rendered 3D graphics, basically. That's a, that's a, that's kind of interesting. I mean, if it's like that, you know, it's like a different kind of a view. Oh my god, mm. Demogenes looks like a he looks like an anorexic basketball player. <laughs> where are you looking? Look on the, uh, where, where basically where you saw Fat Mystique, just look mm-hmm. down at the bottom, and you'll see okay. bule- a, a bulimic <laughs> basketball player. Oh. <laughs> oh man. So his power is epicac. Lovely. <laughs> and then you go on the planet Mercury. Oh where my God. He is the Lord of Spite. That's hilarious. Oh, Fat Mystique's back. And then, when you face Nero, you end up facing Super Shredder. Where are you? Oh, at the top there? At the bottom, actually. These graphics are not that great. Volume 80, yeah, page 49, bottom line. Let's see what you're talking about, yeah. You get to face Cyber Shredder. I think they try to put too much crap on screen at the same time. It just comes out looking all blunt, kind of blocky. There must be a reason why this thing never got a, a sequel. Either that or Donkey Kong just said, wait a second, you'll look a little familiar. Maybe. All right, let's do one last game and then take our break here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this wasn't in the table of contents, so we didn't we didn't go through it, but it's Breath of Fire 2 is in the epic review this time. I have played this game so many times on this. I was hoping you would say that. The Game Boy, fucking love this game. The music is epic. The characters, the story, it is a pretty darn good game game and then we'll, let's see what they tell us about it first they tell us a childhood dream or reality where it says although it was very long ago you swear you remember having a little sister you would play in the tall grass growing in behind the building that was your orphanage 
And then, uh, well, I don't want to read the whole thing. But it says that uh, when you awoke from a nap, everything was different. No one remembered you, your sister, or the kind people at the orphanage. Ten years have passed since you took your nap in the shadow of the dragon's skull. You and your companion, Bo, are struggling to survive in a tiny village. Well, what they don't tell you is that uh, in between that, you make, a, you make a friend with a little puppy when you're a kid. And you end up trying to run away from the orphanage to find your sister. And you end up following this tail going through a cave and then you finally find out what's on the other end of the tail and it is a fucking huge demon which kills you but you somehow survive and visions and nightmares of the brutal attack haunt you for 10 years until you and then you wake up as a uh, young teenager as a uh, rangers which are basically mercenaries and you go on an epic adventure, and it's really awesome. The music is fantastic. The play control is great. You can charge up your attacks. Even uh, if the play control gets a little boring, you can you have an auto option, which is great, because you can just grind through these spots and acquire good skills. And it even has like a little fishing mechanic if you feel like taking a break. So they have... Um... The we they have like numbers they have all the characters like with numbers on them for like a guide, but the way they place these characters does not. I mean the images of them they've placed some clip art here that does not align to the characters. <laughs> so they have a picture of a dog character whose name is Bo, yeah. but they have a picture of this character right next to where it's describing cat. Yeah. And it's like cats feline fighting skills. So I had to like I'm looking at this and I'm reading the article like three times over and I finally go. Wait, it has a number here. <laughs> I go back and go, okay. It's the Chichara-looking thing. But it's not the dog-looking thing that's right next to it and touching the three. Yeah. And then we get to see Spar, which is a plant creature, next to Nina, the black-winged girl thing. Right. And then we get to see a demon who is not part of your party at all next to Rand. Yep. Not confusing at all. Nope. Okay. There's a whole section on Secret Evermore, which we will skip, and we're going to go ahead and take our break for the first half here, and we will get back to you on the second half, beginning with the bonus issue, 96 members only special portion. So, Super C's, thanks for joining us. Where can folks find you if they want to reach out and, and, and grab you? Yeah. Uh, they, they could go to, uh, my, uh, to our wife's, my wife's uh, uh, fan page, well, the page. At the uh, video warriors, the video warriors, right? Oh, are you talking about the? Are you talking about the YouTube page? YouTube page would be super C's. The super C's. Mm -hmm. The um, video warriors. Um, Retro star and game. Which again? Uh, game, uh, sensei. game sensei. Yeah, right. game sensei. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They could reach us out in there. It's really easy. But the mic. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh. No, no, I was just going to say something. I mean, it's really easy, but not easy for retards. <laughs> What's wrong with you tonight? Really? <laughs> wow. And Mike, speaking of which, Mike. Oh, which, <laughs> where, where can people find you? You can find me talking about horror movies with Sheldon as we... Well, I'll talk about amazing horror movies and put out great stuff on our Facebook page for uh, The Graveyard Shift, Horror with Sheldon and Mike. 
and our uh, that's facebook.com slash the graveyard shift pod you can check out our amazing valentine's cards which uh, Sheldon made they were fantastic and awesome as well as hearing us talk this week with John Trainer from Here's Johnny Reviews a uh, Scottish guy who hates Valentine's Day and we talk about My Bloody Valentine that's our movie of the week oh wait this might be uh put up a little later but anyway that was our valentine movie because we're recording just after valentine's day so check it all right if anyone wants to reach out more with us you can go to our website planetpowerpodcast.com find the links there to everything we have uh, connected to it our youtube channel but uh, we're on facebook more often than anything else Uh, we do have a twitter account that mike uses and of course links out to apple itunes if you want to give us a rate and review there and to our patreon if you'd like to um, give us a a few dollars here and there to help support the program and help us pay for hosting we'd appreciate it and uh, of course you can find me ben on my own podcast repeat one so you can find the link from our own page and uh, find it there or just go to repeat one podcast um on facebook so that's it thanks for listening everybody i'm ben i'm mike and now you're playing the power Someone do me a, a favor here and go on our Facebook page and see if this is actually broadcasting live. Oh, is it live? <laughs> I'm trying it out. I'm seeing oh. if it works. I have no idea. I didn't get any notifications. I'm looking at... Well, why would you? You're an admin. Okay. <clears throat> I'll try playing my power podcast. Loading it up on my phone. Yes. Have you seen uh, that new documentary series out called uh, on oh Netflix? It's called The Toys That Made Us. <laughs> oh my gosh, listen to this. What is showing what? on my uh, phone says, this video may show graphic violence or gore. Yeah, I put a little uh, thing on there. <laughs> Uncover video. So You can make it for 18 or and up by doing that, so I figured I probably should. Okay. Just in case we got any 13-year-olds out there, <laughs> they're like... What's a cum box? <laughs> okay, so this is, it is working. Oh my god! Oh my gosh! Listen to this. What is showing on my uh, phone <laughs> says this video may show graphic violence or gore. So now we know that there's like a nice thirty second delay. Uh, okay. Uncovered video. All right. So... You can shut that off now. Thank you. He does have a two player mode at least, but it doesn't say anything about super scope no, compatibility, but... which it... would be a good fit for it. But I'm not reading anything about that in here. It says here in the scoring that you can uh, you can get points for demolishing things, as well as finding the missing members of Aerosmith. You, if you can't locate all five musicians by the end of the game, you can kiss your backstage pass goodbye. So are they saying like like one of the main objectives is optional? You can go you can go different ways in the game. That's what this is like that uh, Star Wars game for Nintendo, <laughs> where you didn't have to get any of the heroes, and you could just end it with Luke <laughs> by himself. 
Yeah, too fucking bad about Leia, Chewie, Han, Freepio. He's just standing in the throne room by himself. It's ridiculous. <laughs> he gave himself the medal. <laughs> uh, but we get to see a woman with huge boobs holding up something called the Mammy Awards, which I guess the Mammy stands for Mammaries. Mammy. Mammaries all alone in the moonlight. Really, nobody's a fan of cats? Freaking No, I know what you're talking well, about. I know what reference you're making. It just wasn't funny. Uh, wait, um, um, did you say, Mike, the cats, the musical? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the, that was a. Uh, you know, I, I told my dad to take me one day to that. He said, hell no. <laughs> no, because in the Latin world, we think that some of the cats are the devil. <laughs> See how. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, I didn't, I didn't get the chance to see the the, the cat. The, so if well, we what see, is it? So Hold on now. I want, no, no, <laughs> I want to dig into this some more. Oh, definitely. <laughs> this thing go away so fast. So, what about how does a uh, how does that work with like Cerberus being like the devil's dog with like the three heads? Well, you mean what would what would the Latin people think of it? Yeah, like how do you reconcile there being a cat in charge of a dog? Hey, you said the cat's the devil. Yeah, yeah, the cat. The cast because, uh, we we have a high superstition over the because of the eye of the cat. They can see the spirit world and and they and you know then the noises and the way it's like a compass. Like the eyes work like sort of like a compass. Oh too. yes, the the whole like uh, cats can see spirits kind of thing. Yeah, I think they're just uh, cats are spazzes. That's my that's my thinking. Yeah, it's, I mean, not, it's lo- not that they can see in the dark. They're just jumping around everywhere anyway. Yeah. I mean, the cat to me, I'm allergic to cats, but I mean, I like cats. You know, they're, they're pretty interesting creatures. Uh, Kim doesn't like cats. She's a dog person, so she'll like the Cyberus dog. <laughs> Cerberus, yeah. Cerberus. Cyberus sounds a little like a wicked awesome boss in the game where you have to find like a three headed hacker. <laughs> I don't know why. When you just said that, it reminded me of uh, what was that game? Uh, movie Lawnmower Man? That is mm-hmm. Oh. But, uh, well, yeah, that's uh, that's the answer to you, to telling you, yeah, so we're, we're very superstitious with things like that, and cats are definitely it. Kim, Fair Kim, enough. Kim, the black no, so, cats are dangerous. So he wouldn't take you to cats. Did he take you to Phantom of the Opera instead? No, he, he don't know nothing about that. Uh, he's no, no because, love for Andrew Lloyd Webber, huh? You know, well, I want to tell you that it's really strange because it was this was back then in downtown LA, right? It's a, it's a Hispanic-dominated community, right? And they had that. It said cats on the poster in the theater, right? So, mm. so that was a pretty odd thing. But there was like nobody wanted to see that. <laughs> nobody wanted to see it. They're like, wow, I don't know what's happening. Why is it not doing well? Well, you know how it is, right? I mean, when they think like that, people are gonna think it's all devils and stuff. That's funny. <laughs> So, well, I've seen cats in the theater. I've actually, I actually was in it for my uh, like middle school play, I think. Wow, I had no idea I hit such a rich vein. I did. I was like not dressed up as a cat. I was like one of like two narrators. Huh. So there isn't like some photo of me wearing like cat whiskers and all that. But um, I have a, qu- a question. How? All that makeup they used on the cat, right? I mean, doesn't that stuff take a long time to put on? I mean, some of the stuff that they uh, they wear. I'm sure. 
I mean, I mean, how long did uh, if you were to say something completely unrelated like RoboCop, how long did that took all that stuff to get on him? Well, oh. considering it's a helmet, I think they only put it on in about like two seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Except for the scenes where he's like got the helmet off. <laughs> yeah, then they put that little cyber rig on the back of his head. Just to be like, ooh, look at him. He's got blinking lights. That means he's got circuits. <laughs> so you guys should make a RoboCop review of that. Interesting. <laughs> I mean. Uh, I need to see that movie again. There's this documentary series on uh, Netflix called The Toys That Made Us. And they have a, each episode is a different like toy line. So they have one about, about like the how Barbie was made, G.I. Joe, He-Man, Star Wars toys, and they do like interviews behind the scenes with like the people that made them. Oh yeah, it's really good. You should check so, it out. So what was He-Man all about? Was that like someone like is that like particularly remarkable that someone just said, "Why don't we take a guy with no shirt and give him a sword?" They needed to respond Mattel needed a response to Kenner's Star Wars since they missed out on the Star Wars action figures and um, so they were trying to come up with different ideas for it and they did some market research and the market research said that you know uh, something like Conan the Barbarian style would work and um, so they (laughs) put together a bunch of mock-ups essentially and they the guy that put together the the mock-ups, he called it He-Man because of an old Charles Atlas ad, you know, where it says like you can be a turn from Mister Man into a He-Man. You know those like um, little advertisements on comic books and stuff. I'm surprised Skeletor wasn't like named Palooka. Yeah, no, they just came up with He-Man first, and um, they you know put together mock-ups and everything and um they sold it to whatever the precursor to toys r us was it was some other thing like circus town or toy town or something not around anymore obviously and they were like so how do we know how do the kids so kids know like star wars toys from the movies super seize the uh the file's done so can you open it yeah, we're. I'm just trying to get um, this on our laptop the CB also uh, CBZ reader. Okay, mm-hmm. I just want to make sure that because it says sent, I just want to make sure that you yeah got it. Okay, continue. So okay, like, yeah. so uh, how do they know? How do the kids know what who, what the characters are and who does what? And like the guy on the spot who was selling it was like, um, oh, uh, we didn't tell you there was going to be a free comic book included with every uh, action figure. Hmm. And then they like walked out. And he's like, "All right, quick, go make a comic book for every action figure." <laughs> so they hired a guy. They went and hard work, hired a guy from Marvel, and um, the guy was like, "Okay, so who's He Man fighting?" And they're like, "Uh, what? <laughs> um, will they be fighting other characters in their toy chests, like, you know, GI Joe and Barbie and He Man, <laughs> you know, uh, Star Wars or whatever." So they that's where they came up with all the bad guys. They came up with, uh, you know, the guy who came up with Skeletor. He came up with Skeletor because he went to a uh, amusement park when he was a kid and like a haunted house type thing. Uh-huh. And um, he walked into a place where there was an actual like dead body that swung down in front of him. And he thought it was like the scariest shit he ever seen. And that's where the inspiration for Skeletor came from. 
Oh my god, did he go to one of those freak shows where they're just like, you know what, we could make a prop, but fuck it, let's just get a cadaver from the morgue and string it up? Kind of, yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, he's like, it's and skeleton, sure enough. Skeletor's based on a real person. <laughs> he was like, I was uh, watching the Discovery Channel like 30 years later, and they were like, yeah, that New Jersey Pike boardwalk thing had a real dead body, and he's like, I knew it! <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so then, like, after that, it was kind of, you know, all, uh, anything goes in He-Man land. They had, you know, space dudes, army dudes, fantasy guys, you know, that kind of thing. So someone just like said, the, let's just combine Star Wars and Conan the Barbarian. So we can have, we, we're in a world with lasers, but mm. still we're going to give this guy a sword. Yeah, it was like a mishmash of, like, everything. I don't so. know, man. Like, it, it's pretty darn lame. I mean, if your secret identity <laughs> is putting on a shirt, I mean, fuck you. Oh, that's the cartoon story is kind of funny. So they get into a second, you know, where they're trying to sell their thing to, to retailers, right? And the second one was with Toys R Us. And Toys R Us, you know, they, they told Toys R Us about the comic book, which they had at that point, you know, and about Skeletor and all that. And they're like, okay, but uh, you're selling us to five-year-olds, right? And they're like, well, yeah. He's like, well, last time I checked, five-year-olds can't read. So how are they going to read the comic book and figure out who these people are? <laughs> and they're, they're like, oh, uh, didn't you, didn't we tell you we're going to have a, a about the two one-hour uh, TV specials? <laughs> and then he walks out of the room and he goes, call filmation. We're going to need some cartoons made. <laughs> well, they did so good with that with that cheesy Ghostbusters with the gorilla. So, you know, why not? Yeah. I'm pretty sure they can give us they can give well, us they this He-Man. They liked Filmation because they had made a cartoon called Black Star, which was kind of the same similar thing if you look it up. So, so let me guess. Bowie made his album, his final album, off an old cartoon? What? David Bowie's final Bowie? album was Black Star. Oh, I don't know about that. It's probably unrelated. Um, so anyways, they, you know, went to Filmation and Lou Schreimer, the head of Filmation, goes, hey, you know, for the same price, I, instead of just two one-hour episodes, I can get you a whole season out on syndication instead. And they're like, oh, okay, you know. <laughs> And then so they didn't expect finish, the... it was just a bunch of idiots lying through their asses. Yes. <laughs> and then the cartoon got out there and the cartoon is where like, you know, the humor came in and like the Prince Adam came from that. Like that they so they made the toys based on like what was in the cartoon at that point <laughs> and like vice versa. It was just a weird they were just called stumbling along and going, Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Is there any talk about yeah. the rev- uh, I heard there are they uh, are they still remaking the movie? I don't know. They post about it every once in a while on their Facebook page. Hey, we have a we have a script. You know, we're working the script. Three years later, we're working on the script. So, who would be a good He-Man besides the Rock? Uh, hey, look, He-Man. we've got to see the Rock in that blonde Prince Adam foo-foo wig. We need to see him in the wig. I don't know if he's good for it. I think he'd be, he'd just make fun of it. You know, um, I'm trying to think it'd be good. 
Peter Dinklage as. <laughs> he would make a good Orko if you could put him on a he green. He would. 